Hi everybody, my name is Nick Beard. I'm the audiovisual director here at Peninsula Covenant Church, or PCC. Welcome to our message podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi everybody, I'm Janet. If you don't know me, I'm a pastor on staff. I'm going to move this. Um, Happy to be with you. Um, to share the message. We're going to be listening again to the uh, Christmas story in Luke 2, and you heard a student read it, and I think even when I heard it, you know, I, we've heard the story over and over and over again in our lives, but connecting to it in a real way in this season is what we want to do. So I'm going to pray and just ask the Lord to um, help us to do that this morning. Father, um, thanks for uh, your word. And thank you for the truth that you entered into our craziness um, to save us. And you sent your son. And um, help that truth um, just go down deep into our souls today. Thank you for this moment of rest. Thank you for the worship that has already happened. Thank you that we've gotten to be together with you this morning. So just lead us and guide us as we continue um, to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, um, is Tabitha still in the house? She's still here? I have one thing to say before I preach. It is Tabitha's birthday. So let's all say happy birthday to Tabitha, who we love. That's something to be grateful for this morning is her. So, um, all right, I'm going to start with a little story. I'm going to tell you, I was having like that idea of connecting into the Christmas story in a real way. I am connected to Jesus, but sometimes at Christmas, it's hard for me, and I don't know exactly why. And um, I was praying about that, and the Lord gave me a a memory of when I was a kid, and I was at Pescadero out in Half Moon Bay at the beach, and I was playing in the sand, unaware of the fact that there were some riptides. There were tides shells. There's lots of things to do at the beach, right? And what my memory is of me falling into the water and then my dad running along. So it'd be like I was down here and he was running alongside trying to get me and the look of terror on his face. I just remember thinking, oh, this is fun. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's fast. You know, who doesn't like being in a wave when you're a kid? But the look on my dad's face was, you are caught in a riptide. You're in something that's going to take you out into the ocean, and you're just not going to make it back. Um, Obviously, he rescued me. He got down into that riptide, and he pulled me out. And I'm here today to tell this story. And it helped me connect to what Jesus did for us, what God did for us. Here's the father, right? He's looking down at the world. It's a mess. It's a riptide. And he has to enter it, actually enter it, in order to rescue us. He has to get down into it with us. And that's Jesus coming as a baby into this world for us. Um, So if you are a person that has put your faith in Christ, you have already been rescued from that riptide. You've been pulled safely to shore. You're sitting with the Father in a blanket. You're warm. You're safe. And you don't have to fall into that anymore. But the truth is, we live in this world, right? We live in this world that is full of tides, full of riptides. You can feel them. And when we read the Christmas story, you're going to find out they felt it too. Where I want you to kind of try and enter into their world with them. But in our world, there's currents that I know I'm experiencing. If I even look at the news for two seconds, 
(laughs) Turn it on, I am sucked in, right? Twitter, if I look at that, Facebook, Instagram, everything that is going on in our world is a powerful tide that we can get sucked into, right? I'm all for being aware. But this season, what we want to be aware of is Jesus, and we want to celebrate him and not be taken off course by everything. When Danny said, 15 days until Christmas, I'm like, I'm in denial, I'm in denial, I'm in denial. It can't be. Not yet. I'm not ready. Um, There's other tides that we get pulled into. Of course, consumerism, right? Thank you, Amazon. Thank you, Amazon, that we can buy something anytime we want, Anytime we want, we can just click on it, and it's always in the background of our thinking, unfortunately. It's, it's, it's how we're living right now. Um, there's also 24-7 work. I think that that's a big one. That, that, that can be a riptide that takes us away from any kind of focus on Jesus. I know even me, um, this has been the busiest season of ministry for me in the last year, few years, And um, I know that even when I'm sitting with my family members, I'm thinking of emails that I didn't return to somebody or somebody I didn't get to yet. And I think we can all connect to that. We can work anywhere, anytime. Um, But that can be a tide that we can get sucked into and away from our focus on Christ. There's one other I want to mention, which is sadness, right? And like this might be the first Christmas that you find yourself at a table and a person that you love isn't there anymore. And that's super painful. And that kind of a tide, that kind of a tide, I just want to say, that's one that Jesus enters right in with us. He's with us in that sadness. He is with us in that grief. He, he, he walks with us as we experience that. And one day... One day he will pull us up and we won't feel the depth of it like we're feeling this Christmas. Um, but it is one of those things. We can, we can walk right into it and forget completely about Christ and say, you know what? You weren't there for me, so I'm not going to celebrate you this Christmas. But what I want to tell you is Jesus came, he pulled us up out of the currents, and we are safe with him. And he's calling us this Christmas to grab, he grabbed hold of us. And I'm going to read a scripture to you later in this sermon. He grabbed hold of us and he's calling us this morning to grab hold of him. To grab on what he grabbed on to us for. To grab on to our salvation. To grab on to his power. To grab on to his resurrection. To grab on to his life. So we're going to do that um, together. And before, what we're going to do next is just look at Rome because these riptides, these currents are not new. They've been in the world forever, just in different forms. Um, and God entered into it for us. So we're going to read the scripture again. Luke 2, um, the verses 1 through 7. And if you want to, you can find Luke in your Bible. I marked it on page 1026. You can read along with me, and then we're going to also watch it from um, some, we're going to watch a little video that you're going to find quite entertaining. But what I want you to do after we've read the scripture, I want you to listen for what's happening in this passage. What are these people experiencing? Put yourself into the story. And then when we're done um, reading it, I'm going to ask for your feedback. I want you to tell me, what do you, what riptides do you see? What currents do you see that are pulling people away from Christ? Okay, 
I'm going to read it to you. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Okay, let's watch this video and then we'll chat. Mary was really scared when the angel came to her. There was one main angel called Gabriel. He was just a boy angel. She had wings and she was all white. The angel said, you're going to have a special baby. And it was God's son. She was quite excited. A bit scared. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have the son of God. And then she was like, I can't, I'm not married and stuff. Joseph, he was a builder. Mary told Joseph that she was having a baby called Jesus and it was God's son. He was like, what? Then Joseph saw the angel in a dream. I think Joseph was really scared. And then they went to Bethlehem. On a donkey. It would be quite hot. She had a baby in her tummy and she would have been really heavy. <laughs> she said, Can we stop anywhere with these houses? I had to try and find somewhere for Mary to have the baby. I went around a whole neighbourhood. No one says no space. Everyone said no in an angry voice because it was the middle of the night. I said no! The last innkeeper, he said, yeah, there's a barn type thing around the back. They had to go to a barn and have their baby. It had sheeps. It was like all hay and animal poop and sheep and things. Mary put baby Jesus in one of those troughs. They call the baby Jesus and they loved him. He has two daddies. God and Jonas, they both needed to look after the baby. Isn't that a sweet way to tell the story? So cute. I love the sheep. And her saying, Mary, or Joseph was scared, or however she said it. Um, anyway, putting yourself, if you can imagine, putting yourself in that story, um, walking beside Mary and Joseph, just say, there's this one man, Caesar Augustus, right, said there ha- we have to count everyone. And it sent the whole Roman world into um, just a-, a turmoil. 
and they all had to travel. Can you imagine being with them on that road and walking along with them and imagining for yourself that you know, you know she's carrying the savior of the world. She's, she, he's entered into their stream. He's entered into the flood and he is there to save them. That's what was happening. What, do you, what else did you see as you listened and you, you heard the scripture and you listened to the story? What else did you notice? Um, just about their time and what they were experiencing and maybe what was um, flooding their minds, what was taking them away. What did you hear? They were oppressed. They were oppressed. Right. It was a time of brutal oppression. And Mary and Joseph are Jews and they are having to go to the city of David to be counted basically so that they could pay more money to this oppressive government. So they were oppressed. What else? Rejected? Rejected. What else did you see? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Joseph walking in with Mary thinking, Where am I gonna, how am I going to get her to a safe place to have this baby? Yes. What else? It was unexpected. It was unexpected. Explain that. They were just going on faith, right? I mean, Mary, Mary's probably the only one who really knew as she's walking into Bethlehem that she was carrying the savior of the world. Um, Joseph had a dream, so he knew he, wasn't, he, he was supposed to do this and he knew that Mary was having this baby and it wasn't his. But I can imagine he was probably pretty freaked out and scared and wondering what in the heck is gonna happen? What else? Social and spiritual responsibilities. What do you mean by that? Right. So there's everything that was going on inside of Mary and Joseph, but just culturally speaking, there was, um, I was thinking about how it's connected to us. Um, Every week we get uh, uh, people coming to the church asking for help with rent and with food and those kinds of things. So there there were people there who were just barely making it and having to make this trek all the way to, to Bethlehem. And um, Mary and Joseph were some of those people. And then there were people who were Roman citizens and they were jo- enjoying all the benefits that they had of being privileged, right? And they were, those two things, they were both, you can get caught in a stream of trying to take care of yourself and make things work and survive and forget about Jesus. And you can get caught in the other side too of privilege and be dulled to the, the reality that the Savior, the one who, who saved you from death and from sin, entered this world, entered the stream for you. So they, um, they understood at that time what it was like. They were unaware, actually, that um, they needed a savior. And we live in a world like that, too. A lot of people are unaware. But the thing is, Jesus and God is extremely aware of what our need is. He's keenly aware of our need. Just like my father, as I, I think of that story, he was keenly aware that I needed to be rescued. 
And so he entered in and he did that. And that is what the Christmas story is about. Um, but our, in our culture, we're still a little bit unaware. And I, I have some Christmas stats for you that I'm going to read that can get us a little bit off track. Um, did you know it was the biggest Black Friday, Cyber Monday ever um, in the United States? We've spent more than $3 trillion. 20% of retail sales for the year will happen this month. 26 million trees were bought. Holiday meals are like 3,000 to 5,000 calories. 1.7 billion candy canes are sold. 22 million turkeys. And 7.3 billion shrimp. I didn't know people ate that many shrimp on Christmas, but they do. Um... And I was thinking about that. Our world is really heavy with all the disasters that have been going on, the fires. Everything we've experienced has been really heavy. And we're ready to celebrate. Like Danny said, we don't want to be Grinches. We want to celebrate. Jesus has come to rescue us. He rescued us. But if we get caught up in the riptides of work and culture and all these things, we can be eating a heavy meal. Like we can be celebrating. Have you ever eaten too much and celebrated and then at the end of it gone, why did I do that? Because you didn't really have a purpose for it. You just felt like you wanted to eat a lot. You wanted to celebrate a lot. And at the end you go, oh, why did I do that? Christmas can kind of be like that if our eyes are not fixed on Jesus. If our eyes aren't fixed on Jesus, we can end up getting through the whole month going, whew, gosh, I am so glad that is over. And boy, I don't want to do that again. It's not the celebration that he intends for us. Um, Even good stuff can become bad stuff when it won't let us get to the best stuff. So if we're caught in streams of good stuff, um, but we can't get to the best stuff, that's not how we want to walk through the month. The best stuff is the celebration of a Savior coming for you and for me. The best stuff is the rest there is when you know you've been rescued, when you've been pulled out of that riptide, and you know you are His. The best stuff is the joy you find when you're able to love others with the love of Jesus and participate in their rescue. That is the best stuff. And so we want to get our eyes fixed on the best stuff, on Jesus himself, and allow him to change this month for us so that we can have the joy that he always intended for us to have. I bet if we went around this room, each of us would admit we're caught up in some kind of undertow. But we need him to pull us out. We need him to pull us out. And how can we do that? How can we do that when we live in a place that is completely unaware of Jesus? Most most people aren't focused on him. Um, How can we be focused on him in this season? And I wanted to show you something um, from my real life, what's happening right now, um, because that's where we have to start from, is right where we are. And so I'm going to show you a video of what's going on in my life and the choices I've had to make um, in order to celebrate Jesus this Christmas. So you can go ahead and show that video. This is Merry Christmas from my house to yours. There's a Christmas cup. That's good. Okay, could you show that one more time? Okay, people might be asking, why did you choose to do this at Christmas time? Good question. 
Yeah, there's a gift for someone there too. I'm not sure what that is. Um, If Gary preached last week and he said he's a planner, he would never let that happen. I'm sure he would never let that happen. And believe me, there's good reasons behind that. But the reason I show you that picture is because that's my real life right now. That is where I'm at. That's what's happening in my life. There is no tree. There's no, um, there's no cookies yet. Nothing like that. And I had to decide, how am I going to celebrate Christmas from this place? How am I going to do that? How am I going to connect with you, Jesus, in the midst of this mess? And you might look at that picture and it might, you might feel something because it might reflect something about your heart. Maybe what's going on in your life is not that physically but your, your insides are really messy and you're wondering this Christmas, how can I meet with you, Jesus? How can I celebrate you? How can I worship you? How can I glorify you? Um, this scripture is not in the notes, but um, it's where the Lord led me this morning. It's Philippians 3.12. And it says, not that I have already obtained all this. And, and this is Paul's talking about he wants to know Christ. He wants to know Jesus. And he says, not that I have already obtained all this. And we haven't either. Or have already arrived at our goal. But he says, I want to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So if you can remember the picture of being pulled out of the riptide, he took hold of you. And what he's calling us to do this Christmas is to take hold of him. Take hold of him. What does that look like for us? It means we have to do something. It's not just going to happen, you know, because just accidentally. We need to actually take time to be with him. And so we could put up the next slide. Um, We need to, it's about worship, but the scripture that goes along with that is Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, a view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the world. You know, I could, I've done Christmas differently all these years. I could hold on to that, or I can choose, Jesus, this year you're asking me to lay my life down before you. And what do you, how do you want me to worship you in the midst of this mess? How do you want me to do that? Um, I think of worship as a choice, and there's so many things competing for our attention. I even think, okay, when I sometimes I'll, I'll go at home and I'll want to spend time with Jesus, and I'll open up my phone to read the Bible, and what do I get? I get texts. Or I get temptation to go different places. So I would encourage you this Christmas, pick up your just physical Bible. Um, you need to get away with him. I'm just going to say that. You have to get away with him into a silent place, into a quiet place. It doesn't have to be for a long period of time. But you want, as Tabitha had us get into this place of a posture of worship, he's calling us to that. That's what he did to stay connected to his father while he was on earth. He got away to a quiet place and he got on his knees and he worshiped the Lord. And we're in the midst of the busiest season of the year. But that's what he's calling us to. And from that place, from that place, he will transform your mind. He will give you joy. He will give you hope. He will give you peace. Those gifts that you really want this Christmas, you're going to experience that as you interact with him in worship. Whatever that looks like um, for you. And from that place, 
he will call us to serve. And I think um, this scripture, Mark 10, 45, for the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, he calls us to serve one another. And I think at Christmas time, especially during the holidays, sometimes it's hardest with our own family members to serve them. And sometimes I think of moms in schools. You feel like you are already doing everything. You have poured everything out and you're feeling really empty. Um, What I would encourage you to do with this is just pray and ask the Lord, who is it that you want me to serve? Who is it that you want me to, to basically kneel before and say, how can, what can, how can I do something for you? What it is, is it that you need? Because in that place, that's where you will encounter Jesus. In those kind of interactions, you will encounter him. And it's a form of worship. And then I would just say include. Um, 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. Um, there's somebody in this room, and I'm going to embarrass her, but it's my sister-in-law, and um, she... It humbles me um, because she's an includer. She, um, just like Jesus went out to seek and save the lost, she does that, just naturally does that. And I remember one holiday meal in particular, it was a sunny one in California. It shouldn't be sunny at Christmas, but it was sunny. And um, for some reason, there was people working, there were people working on her house while we were having our meal as a family. And I just remember some people saying, I wish all that noise would stop. And why, why are these people doing these things? And all of a sudden, you know, my sister-in-law gets up and she goes out with food um, to these people. And then she invited them in. They didn't choose to come in, but that was her nature. That is who, that, and for me, that was my Christmas moment. That was when I was like, this is why you came, Jesus. You came to include. You came to serve. You came to love. You came for us to worship you. So what I'm going to do is give you just a few minutes. Tabitha and the band, is, they're going to come back up and play. And I'm going to give you some time just to be with Jesus right now and ask him, um, How can I lay hold of you? You've laid hold of me. You've rescued me. And maybe you're somebody in this room who has never said, "Um, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Savior. I believe that you came to this earth for me, that you love me. And if that's you today, during this quiet time, all you need to do is say, yes, I, I want to be yours, Jesus. I'll follow you. I believe in you. Just take some time to be with him. Put your hand in his. And if you aren't that person, you're someone who's following Christ for a long time, take this time just to ask him, what is it that you want me to do this Christmas season to connect with you in a real way? Jesus, thank you for time um, in your word this morning and time with you. And we don't want to be caught up in the undertow We want to be present with you. So please lead us. um, Show us what you want to show us now. We are yours. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church podcast. We believe you're here for a reason, and we would love to connect with you more. Our campuses are located in Redwood City, California. You can find us online at wearepcc.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for We Are PCC.
Our Christmas Eve services are coming up, and we would love to see you there. We have a 10 a.m. traditional service, and our contemporary services are 4, 6, and 8 p.m. All campuses will be meeting at our Farm Hill campus for Christmas Eve, so we can all celebrate the birth of Christ together. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week.